What's up, crew? Welcome to Filming in Progress, the show that takes you backstage into the world of local businesses and the people who make them shine. I'm Aiden, founder of 2C Media, and I'm here to bring you the candid conversations that unravel the challenges, victories, and untold stories of those who dare to make their mark. We'll be delving into topics like innovation, leadership, and personal growth, providing practical insights you won't find in a business textbook. Grab your beverage of choice, kick back, and get ready to intake the wisdom of founders who have been there, done that, and are still hungry for more. Ready? Let's roll. Well, right on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Um, who are Mike Wenslaw and Jamie Parker? Who are we? Who are we? You go ahead. You go first. Who's yeah. Mike? Who's Mike Wenslaw? Mike Wenslaw is uh, one of the co-owners. I'm looking at you. You can look wherever you want. Is one of the co-owners of uh, Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. But is that who you are? Is that to my core? I don't think that's who you are. No. Ah, uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, no, Mike Wenzel is, yeah, I think uh, somebody, a born and raised Calgarian who's in love with the outdoors, hunting, fishing, travel, and happens to co-own a roasting company that allows him to live out a lot of his life's passions. Yeah. Without affording him to. Without, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it doesn't pay the bills. Uh, yeah, Jamie. Uh, I'm Jamie Parker. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm very very similar to Mike in that sense. Like I love getting in the outdoors. I like I like sports. I like golfing. I like hunting, fishing, pretty much anything to do with uh, getting your hands a little dirty, having a little fun, having a couple belly laughs. I'm I'm all game. Um, and then I also own uh, Calgary Heritage Roasting Company, and we make coffee and we sell it to people across Canada. And into the U.S. Yeah, and to Switzerland. Sold the vest to Switzerland. Switzerland. Today. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's just a guy reached out. He's been a, a fan of our our gear, uh, some of our like handcrafted vests that we make for a while, and he's he asked me because he can't buy it on our website just from Switzerland. Uh, so he asked if there was a way that he could purchase it. And so, kind of fulfilled that, and yeah. So then we're shipping off a down vest out to Switzerland here. Watch out, Filson. Yeah. We're coming. And he, he specifically said, I hope you guys really continue to do this because you have an incredible eye, uh, eye for it and great design. So Beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's, kind of, that's a great compliment. Everybody. Yeah. Let's go. Um, so obviously you've expanded past coffee, but why coffee? What, what, what's the initial? I think coffee's always just been like, uh, I think it was just a, like an, an, it was an anchor point. It was a vessel. It was like, you need to have a product that you can ultimately like sell your story around. Um, and coffee just seemed to be, uh, it didn't seem like it was diff difficult enough. Like uh, it was a, 
had a reasonable barrier to entry, but it wasn't so difficult that we couldn't get it off the ground uh, like with a certain amount of money. Mike and I didn't have a ton of money, so we couldn't, obviously like they, they say, uh, what is it? If, if the barrier to entry is super easy, then that's probably a business you don't want to get into. Uh, so you want to try and find something that is a little bit more challenging. Um, this was, in our wheelhouse, this was easy enough to get into. It didn't cost us ultimately that much money up front and we could kind of build our skill set in it um, versus like, you know, we're not going out there right now and, and starting up a, a new car company, right? Or like that barrier to entry would be quite challenging. Yeah, I think coffee worked really well for us because it was kind of speaking to barrier entry, but it was something that we could put our own spin on quite easily. Uh, it was a product that can be done in a, in a variety of different shades. And from the get-go, I mean, we were telling stories of how we used to drink double-doubles twice a day, every day in university, and we didn't know shit about coffee. Um, some would say we still don't. And I think for us, we were able to make coffee in a, in a flavor that really resembled and spoke true and authentically to us where we weren't trying to be the foremost authority we weren't trying to be pretentious and snooty and you know this upper echelon of whatever it's we had a really good product and we cared about it but we it was it was never truly about the coffee as much as what it allowed us to do the people that allowed us to interact with uh, like yourself yeah I, I would also like touch to like if i look back to the inception of the idea i think coffee was Every time, like Mike and I both drank a lot of coffee. Um, I think in Wildfire, because we, we started in Wildfire, uh, we everybody drinks coffee. It's kind of one of those things that like really anchors you on on that uh, on the fire line. It's like something you look forward to, whether it's like midday, morning, whatever. Um, and coffee, when we'd come back from tour, every time we'd meet with friends or go to coffee shops. And I just always remember like driving, even when I was on the road fighting fires, we'd always stop at coffee shops and grab, grab one. And it was, it was always like a really good experience, good feeling. Um, and something that I, which started our brand was the fact that there was kind of this pretentious like wave that was like coming over the city in coffee culture, I would say in like Western Canada. And that was something that we noticed, I noticed right away in Calgary specifically is I just didn't want to go to a coffee shop that wasn't inviting or didn't feel like the city I grew up in. It didn't feel like it, it contained a lot of like the, the good values that uh, I think like hardworking, more blue collar can, uh, Canadians or Albertans kind of showcased. So really that's what we set out to create. And coffee seemed to be like a perfect blend or way to do that, to create an experience. Yeah. And beer was too expensive to get into and is already too saturated. There you go. Yeah. That's we, the next step, we, right? We, we would just drink our, our profits. Yeah, exactly. We you, you already do, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you started by saying that uh, coffee was the easiest way to tell your story, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. There's, I, I, you know, I've, I've seen you guys go so many different directions and you're currently doing a lot of really cool things that we'll get into, but um, what other ways, you know, you started with coffee, what other ways are you kind of expanding that story and telling that story? Yeah, I think what I like to do is I like to, and I think Mike, Mike's the same way, I like to try and 
create things that I'm truly passionate about. Um, and I like to do things that I don't find that many other people do well or do in general. Um, and I think Canada is a good example of a lot of things that, you know, we import a lot of goods from other places. And, you know, we have very unique climates I find in Canada that are very specific to our our region or I guess like where we, we are on earth. And there's a lot of goods that could be created for Canadian climate that like we don't that that isn't or hasn't been made or designed or manufactured. So for me, I love like breaking in a good examples like building some garments. Um, I, I obviously people are like, oh, you should focus on one singular thing in a business. I think that's like not good advice in today's uh, day and age. I think you need to constantly be evolving as a company um, and a good way for us to leverage uh, some of the, the clothes or garments that we make is um, in marketing, right? Like it's just a different way to spend your marketing revenue. And if that grows beyond marketing, like exposure, then fantastic, right? If not, then you're also creating something. And for me, it really scratches my back and makes me feel like I'm constantly pursuing um, not just a career or a job, but it's like a passion. And, and for me, it's like waking up every morning and going to do that is, is easy. Yeah. It's sweet because you've seen us for the last six, seven years. Um, and I think we as a business, we as individuals have evolved that way. Um, when we first got into this space in 2019, we actually had renderings done up in 2017 and that shit was Mickey Mouse like comparative it would it was like buffalo plaid banquettes and like stuff that was just goofy and it would feel kind of uh, kitschy now and so i th i think speaking to what jamie had said about his passion and kind of driving that you know why did we get into clothes why did we get into apparel because it was something that we selfishly wanted to do that we love that we're passionate about that allowed us to do the things that we love to do out in nature and so again pulling on that authenticity word is that's where a lot of it comes from, but just cause and we're also cheap. And I think yeah. because like we have we mentioned that yet? Yeah. 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 Only a few times, but, but we, we've always put all of our, like any of our extra, instead of paying ourselves more salary, we've put it back into the company. And so how do we make our company work for us in small ways? Well, you know, we maybe can't afford a nice Filson jacket, but I'll tell you this much, we're gonna fucking build one and we're gonna build it better. Yeah, totally. Right? So I think like that's just a way to like, get, that's where it's like taking something that you're passionate about or a need that you have. And I'm sure there's other people that also need this, that have this need. And then it's just kind of filling that gap. Right on. Did you ever, uh, did you ever make any product at the beginning of the apparel days that you're just like super not stoked on? I think some of the mock-ups that we did were just like, I'm still kind of like, there's a couple of things that we have like in the kitty yeah. that we're like, we haven't released it. Um, I think we've struggled like a little bit with like some of our manufacturing partners. Like that's always like a hard thing in, in apparel. So we have a bunch of designs that we want to launch and, and some really cool garments, but we're just ultimately trying to find the right fit for us as a manufacturer for those and we're not willing to release something unless we want to do that but that being said like until we see like the finalized product yeah. on some of these like 
like color pattern all that kind of stuff like all the right fabrics and, and whatnot i don't know if i can i don't think we've had a misstep yet i think it's because we look at it from an angle is like hey I'm, I'm gonna go hunting and i need to wear this and what's functional and what's gonna work so even if it's maybe it's not like the prettiest garment it's gonna be functional and it's gonna do the the task that people are building garments like people aren't building garments to do so that's something that's very unique about us we had a thing back in the day where we would manufacture certain designs on like this print you know just one-off things that we wanted to test and we would wear them at markets and if people were like oh like where is that can i buy that shirt it was kind of proof of concept for us but we didn't do a big run we did that for a little bit um and we had some designs but like even like our trout and stuff i still have so yeah i don't think that we've created something where i'm like this looks like dog shit and it's because we're pretty we're pretty blunt about all that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like there we might have been the first hat we ever made. Mike all right. So we got Scratch these hats that. in from this you manufacturer. Yes. Yeah, we do. Um, they're down. I think they're downstairs. Or no, they might be at the warehouse. But we got them in, and we thought that they're going to be the coolest thing. And then Mike and I looked at them, and we had embroidery stitching uh, for the patch. And it just, it was unstructured. It so it was just, like flimsy. Yeah, it was unstructured because we didn't understand all the components behind a hat. Yeah, well. how to make one. It's like a hard learning lessons in the apparel side of things. Uh, but we got it and like the embroidery just kind of had like some dimples in it and like some like little yeah. holes. Like, but that's, that's normal with embroidery. We just didn't, weren't aware. We're like, fuck. And we we're like, this looks like shit. And they were like our hottest selling Yeah, hats. it sold great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. I wonder if I have one of those like, ones that you're talking about from back in the day. Right. So it kind of threw us for a little bit of a loop because we were like. Yeah, digging up in the archives. Yeah, basically. we thought these were not going to do hot, but they did. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Hey, if it works, it works. It works, yeah. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I've been fortunate enough to know you guys forever. Yeah. Like, uh, and I remember back, you know, business is one of those things where um, to, to make it successful and to make you want to show up every day and those sort of things, um, you have to be doing your passion, you know, and having those different avenues to exercise your creativity and all these different elements. Um, so where do you guys find, you know, six, seven years later that you're still actively being pushing that creative line and that sort of thing and in the daily work that you do, the weekly work that you do? Yeah, I think that's always a struggle and it's always something that you need. I think you need time away from your company to really come back and be inspired again and you need to you know come out with like new products and whatnot like we don't really have uh in our company we don't really have like set days off if that makes sense we're not like hey uh mike or ali or jamie like you only get two weeks off a year we just kind of ebb and flow it kind of it's like everything like there's nothing so structured in life nothing works structured in life so we just figured when we take vacations then we'll take them. If we want to take it, then we can. And that, I think that's a big thing that drives like creativity um, outside. Cause I think you really do need that downtime to think about things. And like, you really grind in the fact of like, okay, like what's that next step forward for us? Like, what does that look like? Where's that innovation come from? And then it, if I'm being honest, it comes down to need. So like with our flash fuel, um, Mike and I, we thought about this like, years ago mm -hmm. like four or five years ago well, we're like, at least we need to come out with an instant coffee that doesn't taste like shit and we thought about it for a long time but our company just wasn't at the point where we could put extra revenue or or cost or sorry cash flow into like this side project and then it wasn't until like 2021 we're on this hunting trip 
and like we brought like some other garbage coffee yeah. and we're like we we're like way back in with horses uh like backpacking up in and so just bringing more heavy gear didn't make sense so we brought in some coffee and we're like we looked at each other that trip and we were like i forget what we were drinking it was like some i think we had a, it was like a mishmash yeah, of stuff something yeah, from like the that it's and... like <clears throat> and we're like Talk. if we have to drink this shit anymore like like what are we doing because like we own a roastery and we've been doing coffee for a long time so that really inspired us and then it kind of went from that to mike came up with the idea of how he wanted the the matchbox at this like the flash fuel packaging to look and then and then it was pretty much okay jamie figure out how to yeah, make this get after it <laughs> i think it's also this this game isn't for everyone right it's mm -hmm. it's the same thing you know question back to you like how do you wake up every day and find passion in this after doing it for so long and um I relish in the fact that we get to wear multiple hats. I love that every day is so different and that there's constantly new challenges and, and things that you have to overcome. I, I, I love that, but I, I think, you know, some people like a more sedentary lifestyle. Some people like the nine to security. five security. Whereas it's fucking crazy that we wake up and it's like up to us to make money. Like it's up to us to keep the company alive, to keep money in our pockets and, you know. Push it forward. And push it forward. And push each other forward too. Absolutely. And that in its own right gives you, or like you get, I think it gives us the passion to keep doing it because what an opportunity. Like how fucking cool is that? And I think, it, what, like touching on what you said, it takes, a, I think it takes special people to be visionaries and to be creative not everybody's a visionary not everybody's creative and i think that's just something that's innate within you um how you decide to express it or subdue it is completely up to you so that's a big struggle i think for a lot of entrepreneurs when they get down the seven eight year path is you know do you still have that fuel in the tank right do you still have that gas to get the next visionary aspect out the, the gate or are you tired, right? And I, you can't I, think, sit on your I think for us, man, we've gone through such ebbs and flows over time, but I think that's where a good health, a good team comes in handy. Cause they like, even when you're low or you're feeling down or it's, it's tough, you're not making any money or maybe you're in debt or whatever it is. It's like, they can like just talk you off, off the ledge a bit and then get you thinking, get you on a path again. And, so yeah it's so important because as we've grown right over the years we're not 25 anymore we're not you know just renting an apartment with a like a car payment like it's you, you have families now you have things that you are accountable to bigger than yourself so it, it goes from being this you know kind of fun thing that you got to do and wow how cool is it to see a bag on the shelf to being like no this is fucking this is life like you got to figure this out and you have to find- This is maybe retirement. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs would agree that, uh, you know, the hardest part, especially at the early stages, at the beginning stages of building a business is, is getting the right people on the bus. Because yeah. like we said, we've all, we all wear, you know, multiple hats every day. Um, how do you find, how have you gone about finding those right people or like maintaining those right people to ensure that, you know, nobody at the early stages of any business, I don't care who you are or what you're doing, uh, can have 10 people that are doing one strict role at all, at all times, mm -hmm. right? Has that been a struggle for you guys? Has it been easy? How have you gone about it? I think it's a struggle for any business to find the right people. And I don't envy solopreneurs. 
um, because you need that support system. Uh, we've lucked out. I, I couldn't do this without, like with anybody else. And, and Jamie's been always that rock in all of this. Uh, the easiest way to find those people are just to be, it's truly, it's just brutal honesty. It's being honest with yourself and what you need and what you want. And that will create uh, opportunity for like-minded people to come into that space. And transparency. Yeah, because we have team members, um, like Ali, for example, when she came on, like no one here is paid what they're worth. And I, everyone knows that. But I think everyone is here for a higher purpose, right? It's because of the flexibility. It's because of the ethos and direction that the company's going and, and who, what part we play in the community. Um, and that's not for everybody as well. But then again, those people aren't there. So as long as we're honest with what we're doing and we evolve as people and we grow, the business grows and evolves, I think you attract the right people. It's, as soon as you put on a facade, you're going to get the right people for that facade, which is going to be counterintuitive to what you need. I feel like we're, I feel like, I don't know, there's like, you think winning the lottery is hard. I think finding the right business partner is even harder than winning the lottery. I think it's very challenging. And you've won it. And yeah, I won it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I we lucked out in a sense, like Mike and I had just worked out that we were both at this, this, this crossroads in our life where we didn't have a, a ton of assets. We didn't have like a whole lot on the line except for our own egos or like like you know drive and creating the company really worked in our benefit um but there were times where like you know we had to be very transparent like you know old habits or whatever it was you know we had to be accountable to each other and we've had chats before where it's like hey you gotta step it up man like we're not gonna like either we're in this or we're not and if you're not in it i just need to know that or or mike needs to know it and and then, yeah, we just kind of got out of our own ways and started getting after it. Um, we met in university. Uh, we used to be cl club presidents of two separate clubs. And so we were fortunate because our friendship started collaborating from two clubs perspectives. So we were actually doing business from the onset. Uh, we would get both of our clubs together. We would, Mike and I would organize and host these big events, bring people in, and then we would share the, the profits out of those two between the two clubs. And then we became good friends to that. So we already knew that we could, you know, work together. We already knew that we could uh, have fun together. We already knew that we were honest and trustworthy. Like there's so many factors that I feel like we're very fortunate mm -hmm. to have partnered with together that if you're just going out looking for a business partner, who knows if you're going to be able to do that, right? So I would say, like, if you're trying to find a business partner, it would be good to maybe try a little side venture with them or, or just yeah. do a couple other side things and see how it works out before you start going down this path of taking on this massive undertaking of, of a business. You actually brought up, like, such a good point in the sense of you shouldn't, when you're going out to try to find a business partner, you should try to find the person, not the skill set because it's so easy analytically to think, okay, well, I'm not good at sales or marketing or operations or bookkeeping or finance. I'm going to get somebody who has that skill set, but they could be just an awful mix or you could think they're good, but they're not, or they, you guys just don't gel. Whereas 
I would rather have somebody who's a carbon copy of me, and Jamie and I are not. We have a lot of similarities, but we're very different. Uh, to anybody who knows us, we'll attest to that. And I think I would rather have somebody who I know I gel with and that we're synergetic, and then we kind of spread the work around versus, yeah, the, the latter. Because I, I don't know, like that, then you're just, you're getting, you're garnering an employee at that point. We're not a, not a business partner. The biggest thing is like, I think business partners are very similar to your personal relationships. And if people aren't pulling their weight, it can create relationship or sorry, resentment. Mm -hmm. And as soon as resentment sets in, then there's like, uh, you know, like you just have disdain for somebody after resentment. And if you have that, it's like, it's done. It's not fun for anybody. So I would always say like, really just try and figure out that person and, and right, you gotta have that trust. Trust factor is absolutely everything. Yeah. Right on. What's the, uh, what's the biggest mistake you guys have made? Going into business with Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, retake that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Going to university where I met Mike. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Anything to do with Mike. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah, for both. We actually, um, you know, I feel like we, for the longest time, Mike and I always wondered about this because we had asked to be, speak on fuck up nights and we're like, oh, like, I don't know if we have like that many like big fuck ups, but I would say most recently, it, it, they always pan out somehow. Yeah. yeah. But like we, we were in a real tight spot, I would say at the end of 20, at the start of 2022, like we were just in, we are at this inflection point within our company. Um, you know, coming out of COVID was fantastic, but um, we were growing. We couldn't sustain ourselves in this space anymore. We couldn't. We were at maximum capacity. We're starting to burn out staff because they're working in cramped spaces. And then we had to make a decision, and we're like, okay, well, like, do we? We have to move all of our stuff. We have to increase our production space. So either we have to rent out a warehouse or maybe there's a potential to buy a warehouse if, if we can make it all work. Well, at that time, it just seemed like we were just ch chugging through, burning through cash flow. Like you could just see it like bang, bang, bang. And eventually you know where that's going, right? And we were eating through cash flow and we had to make the call and we we're like, well, either we're staying here and we're gonna be mom and pop and we're never gonna grow past this and we're just gonna do whatever we can and maybe we'll work inside the shop but we looked at each other and we're like no i, I don't want to be uh, like I, if you want to be a barista for the rest of your life that's fine but that just wasn't our our thing um and we had this conversation it was pretty pretty in-depth we're like hey is this it like mm -hmm. like are we going forward because if we're going forward there's shit on the line more shit on the line your house is on the line mm -hmm. my house is on the line right like this stuff that like we've somehow scraped together and build over the last eight years of building our company, um, we're now putting that all back on the line. And we ended up uh, buying a warehouse, but at that time, we pretty much emptied all of our cash flow. So we were sitting like with very, very little cash flow for, for quite, quite a while. And then it was like, holy shit, okay, like how are we climbing out of this, right? We also had brought on, at that time, we had brought on like 
Flash Fuel, we had put a bunch of money into that project. We had brought on Sea Heritage Co. So like visionary wise, we were creating all this stuff, but at the same time we were like, money's going there, money's going there. So at the end of the day, when, when we were having to buy our warehouse to create ex expanded production, we were like, holy fuck, we bit off too much. Mm -hmm. And so that was a tough, that was tough to chew. It took us a year to chew. Yeah, it was a tough steak. And Let me tell you, it was pure grizzle. It was pure grizzle. And we 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 salary cut it ourselves, and like, that's a big thing. Is like people don't understand, or even like even our staff or whatever. Like they don't know. Like, like they're not. We don't. We don't. We don't give. We don't give cuts to them. We give cuts to ourselves. And it's, you know, when you're not contributing to your your family or your retirement one day or your savings or, or anything going, or you're going, just or you're just paying down debt or going or more going into more debt. into debt that's hard on a relationship as well mm -hmm. so i would say like if there was one big mistake we made it was just maybe biting off more than we could chew at the time mm -hmm. was it really a mistake no in the sense that it's it's done well for us now but at the same time it created a lot of stress and a lot of hardship after a very stressful time of COVID. Yeah, and I like had my first kid at this time and I, like I feel like a part of me, like I was supposed to take time off to, uh, you know, like have, have my kid, but I'm like working during that time and like- Which like, is if there's, like, more stress. If there, yeah, I think if there's something, and like nobody wants me to work or whatever, but it just was the circumstance. And, and at the end of the day, like if there was one mistake or like fuck up that we had, I would say that was it is like, you know, you kind of reap what you sow and we reaped it. <laughs> we fucking reaped that one. <laughs> yeah. Hard. Right. And yeah, there was, that was a tough time, mm -hmm. but. It's the tough ones that get you to yeah. right now though, right? Oh yeah. But we're smarter now. Like for that, we are, we are sharp. Yeah. Yeah. So would you take the same risk again? What a good question. <laughs> It's knowing my team, yes. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully they're having kids on the next round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's this kind of constant revisit of just find another gear, right? Find, find more jam. Because um, that's the answer to everything. Oh, we don't have enough sales? We'll go out and get more fucking sales. Oh, well, this isn't working, we'll do better. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you, you just, ha you just, you find strength in that shared suffering. It's a lot like wildfire. I, I remember this, there's a lot of moments of it, but there's this one in particular that always sticks out. Uh, we were on a fire, we're super late into a campaigner, it's like day 20 and everyone's just bagged. We're walking through the black of this skag, it was up north. And then you were kind of coming into this duff layer and it's like when you step, it's like trying to high boot it in like waist deep snow, right? Like you step and everything goes down and it's just it's, hard. It's, it's like, it's actually like a big sponge there. Yeah. It's like the moss, when it burns, it turns into like a yellow sponge. Yeah, and so all this, all these short stubby little trees were all burnt. And so you're walking through these kind of tight areas and every time you walk, it like kicks up a bunch of soot and you're like breathing like in. Like pure it's dust, hot. it's just like. Yeah, it, yeah like a mushroom going <laughs> mushroom off. Mushroom spore, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember I wasn't like super paying attention and I stepped and because it's like in moss, this, this like tree 
sapling thing comes over and they like wax me like right in the side of the face because it's just like there's no stability in the trees yeah. anymore because like the ground's like it's kind of like jelly yeah so imagine the tree as you step into it it just it comes for you yeah. so it like right in the eye fucking immediately so pissed off like ready to just call it quits it's just done and then uh it's called a punji stick and then i look over and i see another guy on my crew and the exact same thing happens to him and he's just like fuck and i instantly made me feel so good i was like okay i could do this like shared suffering everything's the same so with that honesty with that transparency comes this this kind of really cool space where it's like yes it sucks we're all feeling it it's hard but you can always find levity in it. You can always find collaboration in it and you come out of it. So yeah, I guess to answer that question is, would we do it again, knowing what we know now? Yes, I, I think so. Hopefully it doesn't, wouldn't go bad. Yeah. But yeah. For you gotta take that risk though, right? Yeah. 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 Have you used that metaphor before? I haven't heard that one. Which one? The one with the stick. Oh, <laughs> no. Came to you just now, write a book on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, your brand is so closely tied with uh, outdoor adventure, lifestyle, those sort of things. You know, you guys are avid hunters, fishers, everything else, skiers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how do you find time to, to do that? You know, being entrepreneurs, that's more than a full-time job, if not three times a full-time job kind of thing, right? But uh, not only making that time, finding that time, but also advocating that your team does the same because I know that your entire team kind of carries those same values. Yeah, I think on the, the team side, like something that was really, I think it comes, it's a cultural shift. You also have to kind of step out of your own way and a lot of the time you want to make as much money as you can, you want to be as successful as you can. But if you're not happy along that journey, then it's kind of a waste of waste of time and momentum and energy and, and a number of things. So I think one thing that Mike and I did from the very get-go was we always said like, you know, we wanted to have a business that we could go and travel and have fun and like laugh. Like fun is like one of our, our number one values as a company. And we also, when we opened up the shop and we were gonna hire a bunch of people, we said, okay, every long weekend, we're not gonna be open. Okay, well, what do we shut down one long weekend every year? Mm -hmm. And that's 52. It's, sorry, it's, that's it's every long 12? weekend in the summer. 12, yeah, so we're looking at like 40 days. So we're losing a reasonable chunk of money, like from the company, but we look at that as like, you could look at it as a loss or you could look at it as a gain in the sense that our staff aren't those people that are gonna call in sick, they're not gonna be disgruntled because you didn't give them a, a long weekend off to go camping with their families. Um, so I think that's what's really built like a strong culture in our in our company for like our staff and our employees to get outside has just been, it's that. it's that, it's been that simple. It's like give them a long weekend off. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. I don't want to work it. Yeah. So why would they want to work it? And if you had the option to work it or not work it, I guarantee you they would not work it. Yeah. And it's kind of, it, it almost happened uh, by circumstance as well from the beginning. Cause when we first launched the company, uh, our anniversary date changes every year, just depending on how uh, in tune I am and making sure to get the, the socials out. Um, so it changes, uh, but let's say it's November 2nd. Uh, I went on my first uh, hunting trip with Jamie and the boys uh, the year that we started the company, the e-commerce. And so we had started it, we put in all this prep work, we returned the, we flipped the switch, it was live. And then 10 days later, we were going on a five or six day hunting trip up north where we wouldn't have service. 
And I was freaking out. I was like, how can we do that? Like we've have all this work to do. We have all this stuff that we're accountable for now. And it was so fresh, so new. And we went away and it was fine. It didn't burn down. And then the second year comes around and November is always and a really busy, more momentum, more busy time of the year. It's more busy for us. It's a holiday season and it's, it happens to be hunting season every year. And so we went on it again and I was sweating it. And yeah, every year Nothing it feels burns like down. there's more <laughs> If to there's lose. a problem, you just have to have good, uh, you just have to have good like PR, right? You just need to customer service. You just talk to your customers and let them know what's up. But I think everybody needs a little time down. And I think we're still learning how to find that balance. If I'm being honest, I don't, oh, yeah, think, we don't, I don't we, think that we, we, we know the, the balance. I think we're, we're learning it and we're going to probably push it on the other side of the boundary eventually and be like, holy shit. Like we can't be that like away from the business or whatever. So I think it's just finding, listening to your gut is a big one. Like mm -hmm. when are you, when are you tired? When are you kind of like, when are, you, when are you tired and when are you in pain? Yeah. Cause they're very different. And, and also if there's something that you're really looking forward to doing, life is way too short. So just go and do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you need, you need, obviously you need business partners and employees that can, you know, take the brunt of it when that happens. And we all do. Like if, if some of our, our staff are going on vacation and operations then I'll like roll in there, help out vice versa. Right. Like if, if we're gone, it's like, Hey guys, like I'm going to be gone. So I need you to like, make sure that this is really tight and squared away. If there's one piece of advice I could give with work-life balance, it's that if you're going to do something, uh, do it well. And I think we've all suffered from this kind of like half-assery. So, you know, you maybe don't have the busiest work day and you also want to like just chill or do something else or do another activity. And so you end up doing both things horribly. You're not getting a lot of work done. You're also not enjoying yourself and like fully unplugging. So the advice would be just like, if, if it's rolling into one of those things where like the day is not going to be efficient, just put the computer uh, down, bail on it, on bail and just like enjoy yourself a hundred percent. And on the work hard, play hard. When it comes time to get some work done, get the work done. Don't be scrolling and screwing around and half-assing it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think that's one thing that's really hard for a lot of people to trust is that process. And, and you know, um, if you have to take a break or if you have to go do something, just, y you know, the people in the room are going to, you know, cover you. You're going to be fine, right? That's what the whole building. The, the that's team is. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So right on. Um, tech. Talk to me about tech. You know, tech is a huge thing right now. AI, you know, uh, blockchain, anything like that. Is there any tech that you guys have implemented into your business that's helping, hindering any, you know, what does that look like for you guys? I feel like we're getting old. Yeah, totally. It's so, it's so cliche to because I've seen it a few places and everybody's worried about AI. Um, and the cliche is that it's not AI won't replace you. It's people using AI will replace you. And so kind of taking that on, um, it's hard to like fully dive into the things that you don't know to while you're running something, but we are actively trying to stay up to date and utilize the tools that are out there. We're definitely pro, um, you know, yeah, chat like, GTP and all that kind of stuff. Like we're using certain facets of it and, and trying to learn on the fly, but we're, we definitely know that we're outclassed, right? Like in universities and education systems like this will be the new guard. So we want to try to make our business as savvy to it as we can. And, and utilize it when it's in its infancy. 
right? I think it's, it is smart. Um, you know, we're trying to, currently we're, we're looking at potentially bringing on investment just for our next growth uh, project. We just, we got some stuff in the works that we're excited about and, but we need a little extra rocket fuel behind it. And so when building like our, our pitch decks and stuff like that, they've got some pretty cool AI programs that can help you, you know, like obviously you put all of your text in for what you want to say on, on these decks or whatever this, this pitch, but it, maybe it'll, it'll make it more concise or it'll like more efficient, make it a little bit more yeah. precise, right? Like it's really all it is is efficiency, that's right? It. That's all, that's all this, all this tech is yeah. doing, right? That's yeah. It. Yeah. So we're trying to really identify those areas where we're wasting a lot of time for tasks that need to happen. Uh, a lot of, you know, like customer service stuff as far as like responding to inquiries and, and just more like FAQ stuff that you just get all the time. Um, obviously you always want that personalized touch all, you always want to be there for your customers and show up and not just be like kind of some faceless company, but it's, it's finding the balance right between the two. At the end of the day, what I've learned with like bigger business, when you start to at least get a little bit bigger is like, the in-person relationships mean more than anything. Mm -hmm. So as much as tech is fantastic, what I've noticed with like a lot of, a lot of business partners is they want to have that personal relationship and they want to have those personal experiences with you. And if that's the case, then it's how can AI get you out from behind the computer when you're seemingly wasting your time and in, in those person meetings, right? In the face-to-face -face stuff. Yeah. But yeah, surmising, definitely, uh, we have a, we have a thing AI's not designing any of our garments because yeah. they would do a shit job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you hinted at you got some cool things coming down the pipeline. Can you speak to any of those things yet? Or? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we're actually doing a big uh, release with the Wilder Foundation. Uh, they're, a, they're a big kind of charitable component of the Calgary Zoo and they protect a lot of species in North American species specifically, like uh, what is it, the Vancouver Island marmots and owls. burrowing owls and just a, just a number of, they have like this Mongolian wild horse. They've got a bunch of cranes. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what type of cranes they are, but. Are they whooping cranes? Maybe. Yeah, I think they are whooping cranes. Sounds like a good name. We'll yeah, go with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have, they have a number of different animals. So we're actually, we partner with them and we're launching a new garment series uh, in collaboration with the Wilder Foundation and it's for the burrowing owl. So percentage of proceeds obviously are going to go to helping uh, rehabilitate and save burrowing, uh, burrowing, North American burrowing owls. Um, so it's a pretty cool project. We went there already and we did a bunch of work with them, um, kind of retrofitting their new ex exhibition. It's not an exhibition, sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a habitat, their rehabilitation habitat uh, for these burrowing owls. So we went and built that with them. Um, and then we're gonna launch these, these sweaters and hats that we built with them uh, for this, this year. Um, we're looking to do some R&D on a couple other um, instant products that, that we want to launch, I would say in the next year. So we got that going on as well. So we got some, we got some stuff in the next things. things. We'll, we'll keep tuned. Yeah. We'll yeah, keep totally. yeah. We've got a bunch of garments that we want to release, but you know, everything comes in time. So we've learned our lesson. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. Bill, I mean, you guys sell out of everything you do, right? Like, I've been trying to get a vest for two years, so. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get you sorted. Yeah. 
Um, you kind of hinted this, at this before, Jamie, too, but uh, you, you know, um, what does is, what is the exit plan look like? I know this is early for you guys, but have you started thinking about that? Is that something that's on your mind as you continue to build, um, you know, exit strategy, succession planning, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think you would be very close-minded if you kind of went into something saying, I'm never going to do this. And I think that's kind of how we've always looked at it is like, we're always willing to have a conversation. We're always willing to talk. Um, I think we always revisit and, and talk to ourselves and be like, am I still enjoying this? We have that quarterly meeting. Are we still enjoying this? Are we still, yeah, are there aspects that maybe are tough or we struggle with? We always have that, that conversation. And then um, I think we're very open to the fact more now than ever is like we look at our brand and we say well we can slowly build this over the next 30 40 years um and probably grow it to a, a reasonable size or because life is so uncertain life is short do we find more value in scaling it faster and that's where the bringing on the, the equity might be a part of it. And then eventually, obviously, as soon as you start bringing on equity partners, typically they eventually want to be bought out. Uh, they want to have their return. So you always have to look at exit down the road. Um, whether or not you buy them out or the company buys them out, like that's doable. Um, but I would say we're not set on anything either way, but we're always open and looking and, and curious. And I think right now we want to capture a good uh, chunk of market share with uh, some of our, our products that we have out there right now. Mm -hmm. And and with that, we, we do need to look at bringing on equity uh, partners, but which ultimately in the long run, we would look to sell. It's like, do you want to have a big chunk of something that may be small, could be big, chances are that it's highly unlikely or would you rather have a small part of a brand that affects millions of people and for me i think personally i'd rather have a smaller part of a brand that can affect millions of people as long as i still have a little bit of visionary say and an execution yeah the goal the kind of um the, the canned line right now is that the two the two desired outcomes are so down they're so far down the road that there's it's seemingly the same path it's the same forward trajectory to get there one is being part of a company that we've built that allows us to affect the lives of a lot of people that we can still add a lot of value and live that perfect life uh, work-life balance you know we still get to travel and be outdoors but still get to be challenged creatively and have passion in the business and then you know just exist in that or we get it to a point, scale it to a point where it is valuable enough that somebody would want to procure it. Mm -hmm. And again, the path to those two points is still so far down, it hasn't wide off yet. So the possibilities are seemingly endless, but the trajectory is definitely in that direction. I also think that we're not at a point in our company where we've got to experience all the things that we dreamed and envisioned of in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So like we haven't gotten the travel out of us yet. We haven't gotten these cultural experiences in these unique countries where we're purchasing coffee from. And I think until we get certain aspects of that, we won't have like quenched our thirst. Yeah. If we were to sell today and then walk away, I, f I would feel unsatisfied, I think from it. 
um, because yes, we have learned and garnered so much in the last eight years, but there's still so many hats we have yet to wear. There's still so many experiences that we have yet to do. Um, it's about learning. Yeah. How absolutely. much do you want to learn? Yeah. Right. And like, I think that is the most unique thing. Like if I were to have a pitch about entrepreneurship, it's about learning. If you like learning new skills, new tasks, new, even if it's good, bad, whatever, entrepreneurship's for you. Mm -hmm. You don't get siloed like you do in a corporation and you can only use so many skills, you can only grow so fast. When you're an entrepreneur, shit, the world is really your oyster. That's it, yeah. And I think I think as entrepreneurs too, like we always have this thing at the back of our heads that's like, okay, what's next? You know, whether it be further developing something that already exists or whether it be coming up with something brand new or whatever the case may be. And I think what what I really like about you guys since the beginning is, you know, um, coffee and a clothing company. Let's look at those two, for example. Those, you know, th there's merch and then there's two separate entities, which, it, you know, and I, I really there's like- like branded merch and then there's like actually there's three. There's like branded merch, there's like designing, and then there's building. Yeah, exactly. Sticking a logo on on something is a little bit different than, you know, designing a clothing brand and, the, and what you guys have done. And I really like how you guys have always been seamless in the way that, you know, it's it, they're, they're closely together, but they're not the same. You know, there's a different name for them and that sort of thing. Uh, now, along those lines, is there anything else that, you know, you want to explore under the same umbrella as entrepreneurs? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> we, yeah, we got Let me tell you, we have the ideas. We got ideas. Um, I would really like to, I would truly like personally, I would like to expand a lot on, um, I think more of our clothing line, the Sea Heritage Co. I think there's a lot of legs with it and I think that it could be done extremely well and it can have uh, great success. Apparel is a challenging one and you see it actually like quite a bit when you look at any other company, they're constantly fundraising, they're constantly um, having to fundraise because the turnaround time on apparel for the most part is like over a year, two years typically to like recoup and then take your profit. So you need a lot of money to burn up front on that, but it's definitely a passion of mine. The hard part that I have is like, as you age or you have different visions or passions for it is not, maybe not everybody on your team buys into that, that same vision or passion. So it's always being mindful of that and like not allowing like some of your fantasy stuff or like dreams or ambitions outside of work to like influence too wholly the stuff that you're building here. Yeah. Cause like I've got personal passions with horses and stuff that, get me excited and that's something I want to do, but it might just be more of a side hobby thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's the, again, that honesty and stuff comes into it. Right. Yeah. Like it's just cause Jamie's a fucking idea factory. Like the shit's just popping out all the time. And uh, it's, it's my job to just deflate all of those ideas. Guys, a bug swatter. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> deflator. Eh? Deflator. Dream swatter. Yeah. Dream swatter. Pre professional deflator. So if anybody needs uh, some ideas for businesses, come to me. Yeah. If anybody wants I got a, a reality great, check, come to me. I'm like, man, I wish I just had unlimited money. I've got some killer ideas. Yeah, totally. I believe it. I'm curious where you guys would be if uh, if you weren't together in business. Yeah. No, that's that's cool to think about. I'd probably be crying doing the same thing. Yeah. But I'd be by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it it was so serendipitous and like it was such a great time, Jamie 
scoop me up in a in a part of my life where I didn't really have a lot of like I had ideas of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to own my own business. I thought I I knew I loved travel um, and like being uncomfortable and working hard and. So I thought I always wanted to create a black book adventure travel agency and do that. And, but like, I didn't really have a lot of like jam in one direction. And so it was cool to focus that. And again, us being different people, Jamie being quite the visionary, I see myself as being a little bit more of an operator and- Right place, right time. Right place, yeah, it's, it's timing. Sometimes it's- Like I wouldn't have been able to grab Mike now mm. or like when he was wiser, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, would have once been he, once he like dumb. got smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, is that How am I keeping him around? Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. Um, if you were to identify one one learning uh, or experience that you had previous in life, uh, and take and you know identify a learning from earlier in your life, uh, pre entrepreneurial journey that now helps you a lot in this stage of your entrepreneurial journey, what would that be? So I think there's a lot of things, you know, that you learn as you proceed, as you, after you've become an entrepreneur, right? You learn a lot of things then, but what's one of those things that you learned early that now applies more than ever, mm. ever it might have before? You know what it is? Um, I think it's actually so important. And I think when you're young, you really under, undervalue it. Uh, and it's probably the most important thing in the world is time. And like, the sooner you can get the experience, the better the sooner you can dive into it, the better. Like, I couldn't imagine diving into this at my age now mm -hmm. and then going and doing eight years of, of like crazy hardship to get to where we are. Mm -hmm. And like timing was everything because, you know, we got in at the age of 25, but we got in before the bell curve of the craft coffee scene was blown up. Like we're now seeing coffee companies drop off like flies because they just don't have the margin in the game, right? It's oversaturated or whatever it is. And like, if you can't establish your brand by X amount of time, then your chances of succeeding in a saturated market are very challenging. So I think the, the component of time is everything. And, and I don't just mean in the sense of like when you get into business, but I mean like time to enjoy life too. Time to enjoy your friendships and partners and, and activities and the outdoors. It's like, it all intermingles. And like, if you can understand the value of time and how important it is to execute certain things, right? Timing and meeting Mike and scooping up it when he was in a vulnerable situation. I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean like vulnerable. I just mean like in the you sense- You want to explore that for yeah, yeah, this is Stockholm syndrome. I just yeah. mean in the sense of like, he didn't have anything that was tying him to a career or responsibilities or whatever. So it was like, timing is absolutely everything it's and valuable and i would say sooner the better um and then you know as you age and you grow and you learn and and you require more time for your family and friends and stuff like that also making sure that you're taking taking priority in that because fucking time flies and if you're not making the most out of your summers and winters and setting events and 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 trips or whatever then you're gonna look back on your journey and be like, I wasted time. Mm -hmm. And how big of a shame would that be? I think the, the thing that I took from life pre-entrepreneurship and brought into it, and it's something that I've always been challenged on and I think, I, I used to think I had a lot of it and then you go into the next, so an example would be like, you know, you do team sports 
and you think you have a lot of it and then you what's go a lot your, of what yeah i'm getting to that it's the crescendo oh, okay I and like then you, you like to build it and then you so you do high level athletics you think you have it. you go into school stuff gets hard you think you have it um you know you do all these kind of jobs you'd be wildfire and you then think you have so it. you so i thought that i had like grit and then i went into wildfire and realized i was fucking soft right but then you can't you garner more and i think then after wildfire it just like that level of grit and determination just the ability to be uncomfortable and push through stuff has been translated into that and that's something i think we work on every day and so leaving chrc or eventually like if that ever happens like that will be the one thing that constantly gets leveled up and i think a skill that jamie brought from pre to now and that constantly gets almost uh, misused and abused is this like can do attitude as far as like trying to di take in and digest like new tasks like if something breaks if if there's something that needs to be figured out like we're the last person people to call an expert right it's like i'll figure that out i'll figure out how to broker that in i'll figure out how to fix the roaster i'll figure out how to build the cafe like so it's this the idea of like taking stuff on and just mastering it and just it's part of the journey right so those are, I think that's a passion of mine, though, is yeah, learning. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he hates learning the mechanic, yeah. but he loves oh, being man. the mechanic. Being the millwright. Yeah, the millwright. There's learning, it's one of those things, it's not, it's long term fun, not short term fun. Yeah. It's like you can go on a roller coaster and have a great time, but it's not making memories versus, like, I don't know what a good example Suffer is. Suffer fast. Like, yeah, suffering through some task or like photography is a great example. Like you're not good on your first day. It takes years to master. Right. You don't have grit until you get hit in the head with a tree, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, one more question for both of you, and I'd like you both to answer this individually, if you don't mind. Um, is if you were to identify any individual that's currently alive in the world, and you had the opportunity to ask them a single question, what would it be? And who who would it be? Sorry. And what would it be? You're gonna have to cut for this one. Shit, I don't know, I gotta think about that. So I can ask anybody alive or dead a question. Alive, they have to be alive. They have to be alive? Pop culture is coming into it now. They have to be alive. So they can't be dead. That's what alive means. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Unless I mess that one up. <laughs> Who really inspires me? Mom. No, my mom doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Cut that. Cut that out. <laughs> well, mom. mom inspires me in other ways, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck, I don't know. Can you go? Can you answer it? Can you kind of lube the, lube the chain on this? No? No, oh, you gotta go. It's like pushing rope, eh? Yeah, yeah, I can't give you mine. You'd steal it. I would steal it. See, my mind instantly goes to trying to think of some, you know, wise, you know, high profile ask person that has all this experience, like a Bezos or something like that. But I don't know if that's who I'd want to ask a question to. I think I'd want. There's like a lot of people I admire, but I just don't know what question I would ask them. Yeah, I don't know. Like who's squeezed the most out of life? 
I think I think I would try and ask somebody a question around like this is stumper the balance of life and like how do you absolutely be mentally uh, like aware and and just like constantly very present in, in trying to be like squeezing the most out of every day and like having that long-term vision I don't know that's tough right I think that something that everybody struggles with is like you have great moments, but how do you constantly just try and make them better? But I don't, I don't know what I'd ask somebody. I think like one person that kind of came to mind, especially with the, the whole, like, let my people go surfing mentality around the, you know, work-life balance and kind of seeing his journey as like Yvonne Chouinard would be really cool to ask. And maybe just what was his biggest learning or what is he most proud of uh, from his time, uh, you know, building and, like selling Patagonia that would probably be one of them it's a it's a brand that I think we admire um, we take a few bits of what they're doing and make it into our own this sounds super lame but I'd probably I'd probably talk to like uh, like Joe Rogan and I'd be like can we go to the mothership tonight <laughs> Yeah, totally. I wouldn't ask him a question. I just be like, can we go have fun? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting people out there. I, it feels like, I guess, my brain instantly went to being, like, trying to find some nugget of advice of, like, if you're asking, yeah, some, like I said, like, some conglomerate guy or whatever, but, or, like, what's, a, what's the next big thing that I should invest in? But I just, the reason I don't want to say that is because I don't really have a lot of, like, connection to that i'm like it's just it, fe it feels like the smart thing to do it feels like the head answer but the hard answer would be somebody for I admire. me for me it's just future jamie but i'm i'm enjoying the road to get to him yeah totally so it doesn't matter i don't really have any questions i want to ask it, it's a tough one right because you you i think all of those things that we threw around there are very subjective to each individual right like the what's the life balance and that sort of thing yeah. it's like well for everybody it's different so yeah. it's hard to answer that so it's like is there an objective thing that or, or maybe isn't maybe isn't there isn't maybe it doesn't matter who you're talking to yeah but i think it's always looking ahead always looking ahead and trying to garnish wisdom from other people who have been there right who have had failures Maybe they didn't have that life balance. Maybe they didn't do certain things and they have regrets. And it's like, okay, well, like, how do I avoid shit like that? That's important to me. Ask Gordon Ram. Okay, I have a bunch now that are like, <laughs> sub, like, uh, like just stupid. Be like, ask Gordon Ramsay where the best pasta he's ever had mm -hmm. is. Like, we're in the country. It'd be uh, asking like Guy Fieri. Where do you get, where'd he get the best ribs? No, where does he get all his shirts yeah. from? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's that's totally. Funny. Where he gets his hair done. Yeah. Um, asking Goggins if he ever takes an off day. You think he does? Yeah, for sure. He, but he doesn't, he wouldn't talk about it. Yeah, see, that's why. It's, that's like the goal in question. My buddy fights fire with him in Northern BC. Yeah. Smoke jumps. Smoke really? jumps with him. Yeah. yeah. Why not? There you go. Yeah, kind of cool. Cool. You don't know me. Sorry. I actually have a pair of his shorts that he didn't want, which are Gymshark shorts, which I was talking about. Goggins, you gave me your shorts that aren't comfortable at all, bud. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it today. Yeah, appreciate awesome. you, buddy. Okay. Thank you. Boom.